Hello, podcast listeners. This is Afraid Not Podcast. I'm Robin Wall. And I'm Jill McCormick. Thanks for listening in, you all. We are so excited about this conversation today, and we can hardly wait for you to hear it. We talked to Angela Bird, and you guys, I cannot tell you how many times Robin and I both got chills, and I don't know if I've ever gotten chills so many times through a story. Like the hairs on my arm standing up, goosebumps on my neck. This is the power of God in her story is just kind of blows your socks off. So if you remember who Dennis Bird, Dennis Bird was an NFL football player for the New York Jets and wrote a book called Rise and Walk, and they made a movie out of it. Well, this is his widow, Angela Bird, and she tells her story of everything that happened with that. And I think one of the biggest takeaways of this testimony that we heard today is the faith that she stands strong in and the way that the Word of God has been her sword. She's just used every, all of her strength has come from the scripture that God has spoken over her, that she's read and it's just a really, really moving story. We can hardly wait for you to hear it. So listen in to Afraid Not. Hi, Angela. Thanks so much for coming tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here. This is really an honor for us to be having you on our show. We're just thankful, and we know it takes a lot of boldness and bravery, and we acknowledge that this is not easy. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. So Angela was married to Dennis Bird, for our listeners, who was a football player and wrote a book. And so we're just going to kind of talk about your whole story. Sounds good. So tell us a little bit about how, tell us a little bit about your life. Like, what does your life look like right now? Well, right now, um, just putting back the pieces together that have, you know, kind of been broken, um, just working through some things, and I'll share, you know, just kind of our testimony and where we've been and, and where we are. Um, and you have children, right? I have four children. Yes. I have a 28-year-old daughter who's married and has three little boys, so I'm a Mimi. I have a 25-year-old daughter who's married. Um, I have my daughter, at Lauren, who's 18, just finished high school, and a son who's 15 at home. So I'm a mom and Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good things. And so um, I don't know if you, do you want me to just kind of start where Dennis and I met? Yeah, tell or, us how you and Dennis met. That would met. be a great, great place to start. Okay, we met at church and in high school in 1984. He was a senior at Mustang High School and I was a junior. And um, we began dating. He um, had a scholarship, football scholarship to the University of Tulsa. So he left in 84. Five to 84 after he graduated to go to Tulsa and we married in 1986 and then I moved to Tulsa with him and those were fun times a lot of married players we would cook out together hang out together exciting times football games those mm-hmm. kinds of things and then in 1989 he was drafted in the second round to go to the New York Jets what so an exciting <laughs> ride it was a Extremely exciting, and to go from Oklahoma to New York was quite a culture shock, but it was all an adventure. It was exciting, you know, and, and people there loved their sports. They loved the players, so it was really a great experience for us. In 1990, my first daughter, Ashton, was born, 
and it was, we were just living the life and enjoying it and bought a new home here in Owasso. We came back to Owasso to buy our home and then we would go to New York during the football season and rent oh, okay. and then come back in the off season and be here. So it was And good. you were both believers like yes. throughout all of this time, right? Yes, this we was were a... both raised in church, mm-hmm. same denomination, um, Assemblies of God is where we were raised and believed in all the gifts of the Spirit and just believed that God wanted to be involved in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just this right. figure somewhere that we prayed to, but we believed that he wanted to be a part of our daily lives. So that was That's right. good. Um, we spoke, Dennis would speak to FCA groups. I would go with them. We loved teenagers. We've always loved teenagers and just had a heart for them. And so he did a lot of speaking and engagements, small, you know, small time mm-hmm. youth groups, that kind of thing. And so in 1992, um, when we were just, you know, kind of on top of the world, he had a career-ending injury that left him paralyzed. And so I was at the game, and I was in the stands. And immediately I looked at him, and I thought, that's Dennis. He's not moving. And I just started to cry because I knew something was seriously wrong. He'd never laid Mm -hmm. on the ground. But, you know, and so about that time, another wife came and got me, and she told me where I could go to meet him. And I got down underneath the stadium. They were putting him on the ambulance. I was able to ride with him. At this time, I was pregnant with our second daughter. And where was your first child at home with a babysitter? Yes, or okay, she was because it was a long game day. Was well, a long sure. Day. Oh right. my goodness, right. it's hours and hours. Yeah. yeah. So she was there, and so I rode to the you know hospital with Dennis, and we just began to pray. We knew that God had us even in the midst of this situation. Was he conscious at the time? Yeah, he was <laughs> conscious the, the entire time. Um, he had no movement from his shoulders down except his right bicep, and he could pull his hand up to him. He was going to try to undo his chin strap, oh. but he couldn't control it, so he knew it was serious. I mean, we knew it was very serious. As the doctors began to come in, run tests, those kinds of things, they told us it'd be two years before we'd know if he'd ever walk again. Oh, but miraculously, uh, <laughs> he walked out of the hospital two and a half months later. But that wow. was on a Sunday, November 29th. But on Monday, I was in his ICU room, and I was hanging up some scripture and poster, and, and I started humming the words to a song, and it dawned on me what that was, and it was from Isaiah forty thirty one, And it says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I just was like, oh, my gosh. You know, that was God telling us Dennis was going to walk again, as far as I was concerned. Beautiful. Just remembering those verses, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was a miraculous recovery. I mean, everybody was stunned. Even the doctor said they couldn't take credit for it, that it was, you know, miraculous. So from that point in 93, um, he was approached to write a book. And the book was called Rise and Walk, which comes from Acts chapter 3 where Peter and John say to the lame man, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have we give you in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. So that's where the name of that book from that box made a movie, which was kind of great, kind of corny, but it was fantastic. How was it seeing somebody play you, though, in a movie? How was was that? It was the, The actors themselves were fantastic. The way they portrayed us as Oklahoman was pretty funny. I mean... Peter Berg, who is now a a big producer, played Dennis. And Angela Morris from Cold Case played me. Wow. (laughs) No, I haven't heard it. It was Catherine Morris. I'm sorry. Um, Played me. So it was weird, but they got the story right. It was just the way they portrayed Oklahoma. Did they name the movie Rise and Walk, just like the book? Yeah. Their accent's pretty thick and stuff in the movie. Yes, and at one point they had Dennis show up at training camp in sweatpants. I cut off. 
flannel plaid western and cowboy hat. And I thought, oh. I don't know that he's wow. ever worn that altogether at once, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. That's their vision of Oklahoma. Exactly, exactly. But, I but would like to is, ask one thing just before we keep on going. So I don't really know much about Dennis's position and what, what did he play? He what was defensive end, defensive, defensive tackle. tackle. His number was 90, and it was exciting. His first year, he, he had a pretty good year. His second year, he had a lot of – he was half a sack shy of the record for the Jets or something. I mean, it was it was really exciting, and he was doing well, and people in New York loved him. I mean, you know, it's, it's pretty neat when you begin to see people wear your husband's jersey number. Wow. Know, you know, those yeah. kinds of things. So. so the day that it happened, the, the injury happened in November – and then in January, he literally was walking out of the hospital. Yeah, in February, we in walked February. out of the hospital and wow. flew home. Mr. Hess, who owned the Jets, oh, my goodness. took care of all of those things, took care of his hospital. I mean, he was incredible. Came to see Dennis on a regular daily basis and took care of us and decided to um, honor Dennis's contract, which he didn't have to do. What you a know. blessing. So, yeah, God has had his hand on us the entire time. Good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> so that year was the year he wrote the book? In 93. 93 he wrote the he book. book. Uh-huh. And then from there, we we had a lot of different um, people come and interview him. We went on a book tour, mm-hmm. different things like that. And I just was along for the ride, so it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He did a lot of speaking. I used to say, Dennis is the speaker. I'm not the speaker. You know, Dennis is the speaker. And so I just enjoyed being wife, a mom, and with him and supporting him and whatever he was you know, doing. So throughout all of that, from the time he wrote the book until 2000 when Lauren was born, there was a lot of speaking. He did some coaching. He did some coaching at Owasso. I don't know if you all know. Oh, yes. Really? I did know that. Yeah. A couple of years he volunteered, volunteered there and with Robert Newton when uh-huh. he was the... And then after that, he volunteered coached at Lincoln High School, Lincoln Christian School, where our two older girls graduated. But Lauren was born in 2000, and then Zach in 2004, and that was even something that I thought was miraculous because we didn't know if we'd ever have more children. You know, I was, we had Ashton, who was two and a half mm-hmm. when Dennis got hurt. I was pregnant with Haley, and after that, we just didn't know. And lo and behold, seven years later, here comes our little Lauren, <laughs> our little feisty one. And, and then Zach, and it was neat. I remember when he was born after having three girls, I'm like, what do I do with a With a boy. boy? <laughs> so when I held him, I'm like, God, you need the desire of my heart when I didn't even know I had it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like little boys are precious too. So it was really, it was really. <gasps> so then, so what happened after? So you guys had some, a few, like, really good years. A lot of really great years. In fact, my oldest daughter describes her childhood as fairy tale. I mean, it was just an amazing mm-hmm. time. We met amazing people. We got to do amazing things. And Dad was good. He was in a good place. And mm-hmm. he was sharing, you know, his testimony, his faith. And so, yeah, it was good. But then in 2009, we sold our home in Owasso and bought some land and moved to Talala. And I think there we became isolated to some degree. You know, just I think Dennis was tired. I think just the struggle, the ongoing struggle with the disability, because he wasn't completely well. He was he was walking, but he still had a limp. He still mm-hmm. had a lot of nerve pain that he dealt with on a regular basis. Oh. For, and did it affect how he 
you know, for instance, picked up a pen to write his name or things like that. Mm -hmm. He was hindered. To some degree, which Mm -hmm. is amazing because he went on to sculpt and do bronze sculptures and things like that, which was really incredible. But he did have, he did not have full use of both hands, even though he could do things with them, just not to the degree that Mm -hmm. you or I are able to, to do that. But I just. So is he still in pain? Oh, a lot. Yeah. I mean, there were nights when he couldn't even lay the sheet over his legs because of the burning sensation that he felt, which is nerve pain. So even though all these things were coming back and he was getting better, he still had more pain because he was getting better. So it was kind of a catch-22 in that sense. And did this start to take a toll on your marriage as he began hurting more and more? I believe it did. And, And I also feel like... You know, in the word it says in First Peter five to be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Right. And I felt like we were kind of isolated. We were kind of, you know, out away from church and our, and the the friends that we had made over the years that were strong believers, and we just kind of got isolated. And I feel like at that point. It just kind of was all of that together, the the struggle, the long-term. You know, Dennis would say, sometimes just getting out of bed is all I can do. You know, it just was a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think just over time, it just began to take its toll on us. And I always told him, I said, as long as we're together, we can do anything. You know, I just felt like we could, we mm-hmm. overcame so much. Right. You know? Yeah. Like that was the thing. And we've, we've been through it. So yes. this should be it. We can do anything, <laughs> you know. But in 2012, it got to the point where I began to be scared. And I left Dennis and filed a protective order. Oh, wow. And I could not even believe this is where I had. So there were changes that happened mm-hmm. that his character changed or his, his behavior, his personality. Yeah, absolutely. Was that kind of a slow process that you noticed? Yes. Or was it a sudden? It was a slow process. But I, I guess when I look back, it was after we moved out and we kind of just withdrew some mm-hmm. that I began to notice the changes. And, yeah, by 2012, it was scary. Uh, Lauren would have nightmares about what might happen to me there. Oh. And so I knew that I had to get us out of there. Were so there I, times that, that he would physically abuse you? Not so much physically, just intimidating, just scary, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. scary situation, you know. And so I, I knew that I had to go, and we were gone for three weeks. And I You just bundled him, up the kids, and you left? Yes. Mm-hmm. In fact, I called him, and just the tone of his voice, I had gone on a doctor's appointment, and the tone of his voice just sounded odd to me, and I got scared. I don't know. I, and I believe, of course, the Holy Spirit was like, right. don't go home, <laughs> you know? Mm. I called my brother and I said, this is not good. And he said, don't go home, Ange. And so I went and picked the kids up from school and we went to my oldest daughter's home. And I think a day or so after that, I went and filed a protective order. I filed it in initials only to protect his name mm-hmm. because I felt like we were going to get this right. Yeah. We're going to get this right. It's going to be okay. And this is, you know, it's all going to be okay. And it wasn't okay. I mean, it was good for a, a short time. We were gone three weeks. We went back. We went to church, counseling tried to, you know, work on things, and it, it was good for a little while, but in 2013, I left again, and this time I filed for a legal separation, and I got a, rent ho- a rental home in Owasso, was there for three months, mm-hmm. 
and I just didn't believe divorce was an option for me. You know, it just wasn't an option. You know, you hear (laughs) people say, God hates divorce, and I believe he does hate divorce, but he doesn't tell you to stay in a situation that you're scared. Right. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you to be in danger. Right. He just and you were afraid for your children. I was afraid you? for myself and my children. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my children were afraid for me. Oh. So they didn't what a really hard want to go back. Okay. And for me, I felt like I had to go back. And so we were gone three months, went back, and it was better for a long time. And we mm-hmm. had some good trips. We had some good time. In February of 2015, just kind of that in my spirit, just that stirring, and I started praying, and I thought I was fasting and praying for Dennis, mm-hmm. and I believe in fasting. I don't do that on a regular basis, and I probably should do more of that, but Me this too. particular <laughs> time, <laughs> this particular time, I was like, I need to fast for Dennis, you know, so I, I started that. I opened my Bible to Isaiah 58, and the title at the top is True Fasting, and I went, okay, God, I'm listening, you know. <laughs> oh, I got yeah. chills just thinking yeah. about that. And wow. about halfway down, it talks about this is the kind of fasting that I've chosen to break the chains of the oppressed. And then he goes on to say, and do not forsake your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord himself will be your rear guard. And I'm like, okay, wow. Dennis just needs to do this. Yes. But I wasn't fasting for Dennis. I was fasting for myself. And so in March of 2015, I left again. And I filed for divorce. And it was devastating and Mm gut-wrenching to walk away from the man who I had loved. Since high school. Since high school. Yeah. And the father of my children, who I still adored but couldn't be with. And that, I think, is the hardest, most emotional situation to be in. It's like, (sighs) I love this man. I want nothing more than to grow old with him. Right. But I'm afraid. And my kids are afraid. And this is not good. And so Mm. I, you know, my counselor said, Angela, sometimes kids blame the person who could have protected them and didn't Mm -hmm. more than the person who's mean or scary or whatever. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't do this, you know. So we left and again, got a rental home here in Owasso. I'm like, oh, rental miles. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, the yo-yo, it must have been so hard. It was because he still did live with a disability and he did live with pain and frustration. And I wanted to be that support for him. And it was just, yeah, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And people have, you know, asked me and I said, leaving and filing for a divorce was the hardest thing I've ever done. Because it's yeah. just, you just don't picture your yeah. life. In it. You never saw that. We're coming. not those people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We work it out. We figure it out. We have Jesus on our side, you know. And God was just directing my steps. And I can remember I opened my Bible one afternoon and I read Haggai 2 9. And this is what really got me. He said, The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace declares the Lord Almighty. And I would go, okay, God, there was glory in the former house. So there's going to be greater glory in this house. What does that look like? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and then again, he would say, the battle's mine. You just have to be still. And I'm like, what does be still look like? I mean, what is that? You know, I, yeah. it was so confusing. You know, it was like taking care of my kids, coming and seeing Jill, you at, you know, at um, school and, and working through 504s and plans for my kids because during all of that they were diagnosed with depression Hmm. and so I'm just going oh my gosh this is just 
so much. But you know what I've realized is that we don't struggle with flesh and blood. We don't wrestle flesh and blood. We wrestle against rulers, authorities, powers of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. I wasn't fighting Dennis. I was fighting the devil. That's right, because Dennis was not the enemy. Right. The no, enemy is it, the devil. Exactly. Right. And that's what I think that I would, out of everything, is just want people to know that you do have an enemy, and it's not the person that you that you're fighting, fighting right. with mm-hmm. or in conflict with, but that there is an enemy and he wants to destroy families. He wants to destroy marriages and steal our peace and joy and leave our kids just devastated. Mm. Yeah. We are in a spiritual battle and we need yes. our spiritual armor. Yes. We need our helmet of salvation yes. every day. We need our every breastplate day. of righteousness. We need our belt of truth. We need our shield of faith yes. and our feet fitted with the sandals of peace. And of course, the office of weapon, we need the word of God. We Absolutely. need the word of God. And so I'm grateful that I had been raised to know the word because mm-hmm. I would relate all those old Bible stories, you know, David and Goliath fighting mm-hmm. the giant or all the things that I'd learned growing up, then I could apply to my life. And I knew that, you know, God had us. And so I just kept seeking him, seeking what it looked like to be still. So I didn't press the divorce. I didn't push it. Yes, we went to court eight times. We went on our middle daughter's wedding day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So it was just... You, you couldn't even make it up. I said, I feel like I'm living a you lifetime really had, movie. You really <laughs> yeah. had to go on we to her wedding on day? her wedding day, and then we all left there, and we got dressed up, and we had a wedding. And oh. oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's it just was, awful. I'm so sorry. It was sorry. pretty awful, but, <laughs> you know, God is good. He's faithful, and I just remember in... September of 2016. So, you know, gone through the divorce. It had not been final. We were just in the process. We'd go to court, all those things. And and I kept thinking, okay, I'm not going to push this because mm-hmm. God's telling me to be still. I don't know what that means, right. but I'm not going to push anything. And so in September of 2016, I had to meet Dennis to get Zach's backpack. Mm-hmm. He had left it at the house. And we sat in the parking lot in Ulaga at the Assembly of God Church. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His car, he and his car, I and mine, and just had a conversation, one that we hadn't had like this, you know. And um, I just told him that I loved him and I would always love him. And he said when he left there that day, he said to God, I'm not letting go of you and I'm not letting go of her. And God began reconciliation of our marriage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a miracle. We began to spend some time together and my kids were... Knew we were talking, but they weren't really... They weren't sure about it yet. Yeah, they weren't real sure about it. My older girls were thrilled. You know, yes. they, they knew that... Because the dad that they knew was different than the dad mm-hmm. that Lauren and Zach knew. Exactly. And exactly. so your younger two had doubts and fears yes. that you were going to go back and it was going to be bad. Yes, exactly. And I can just remember the old story in the Bible about the prodigal son. And I don't know if mm-hmm. you know you would want me to share that or not, but it's about Absolutely, two. yes. Well, it's just about two sons. The younger son takes his inheritance, and he goes out, and he lives in the world, and he spends his money, and he ends up with nothing. He wakes up, you know, just with nothing and realizes that even the servants in my father's house live better than this. Mm-hmm. And so he comes to his self. He goes back to his father. When his father sees him coming, he runs to greet him, puts his arms around him, and said, let's have a feast. Well, the older brother's always been at home with the father. He didn't do the things that the younger brother did. And he said, well, you never threw me a party. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And he said, you were always here. Your brother was lost and now he's come home. And so that for me was just something that I kind of hung on to. And on October 5th of 2016, was Dennis's 50th birthday. And for his birthday, we went to counseling. <laughs> That's the way to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, and we were just still trying to work through all of the things, you know, that we dealt with and gone through. Um, there was still some, um, I was still anxious about some things. I knew I loved him. I knew I'd always love him, but I was still nervous. I, I didn't know how the kids would react and, and different things like that. A week later was my birthday, October 12th, and he sent me flowers, and we talked, and, and we'd spent a couple days together here and there, and I just didn't know what to do. I was torn. I wanted to be with them. I just wasn't sure, just mm-hmm. praying that God would give me direction. And on October 13th, the next day I woke up, and I was just praying, and I was like, God... I tried to do this right, and Dennis did this, and I did this, did that, you know, and I was just telling God what Dennis had done. <laughs> and I literally heard God say, either whether it was a, a voice or in my own spirit, do you want to be the prodigal son's brother? Wow. Mm. And I went, I don't ever want to be that guy. Yeah. I will put a ring on his finger and a robe on his back, and we'll make this work. So I invited mm, that him That just gave me chills. <laughs> me too. It did. Like the forgiveness of that. That is so beautiful. And I just was so grateful because the next day was October 14th. I texted Dennis and I said, do you want to come to my house at 1230? (laughs) And he was like, kids are at school. And he was like, oh, yes. The doorbell rang at 1230. Mm -hmm. I opened the door and he said, you didn't think I'd be late, did you? And I said, get in here, big boy. (laughs) (laughs) And we spent the day together, and it was that boy I fell in love with. His whole countenance had changed. I could just... He was back. He was back, and we spent the day together. And he said, you know what you're signing up for? I said, yeah, I'd do it all over again. And he died the next day. (sighs) Oh, Angela. (sighs) And then you're left with what do I do with this? You know, what do I do with this? I want to be with him. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, I want our family to be whole. I want Lauren, my daughter to have an opportunity to have this time with her dad and make the reconciliation and the amends with him. And they never got to have, never got to have. She left his house. Well, he brought her home in June, the summer before, and she didn't see him again. Mm. She was still pretty resentful of some stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was hard. What happened on October 15th? Well, he and my son, Zach, were leaving home. They had just gotten about 10 miles from home in Tulala and were hit head-on on Highway 88. And oh. It was horrible. I mean, Zach said he, he, was, he thinks he may have blacked out for a moment, but then came to and realized what had happened. He said he looked over at his dad and he knew he was gone. Oh. Yeah. And how old was Zach at this time? Twelve. And he had broken his leg and his ankle. And he said when he looked at his dad, you know, it was bloody and it was just too much for a 12-year-old to see. Too much. But he told his dad, bye, Dad, I'll see you later. And about that moment, Mm. a man pulled Zach's door open and pulled Zach out of the car because it had caught on fire. Oh. Oh. Oh, my goodness. So they pull Zach to the side, and they go back in to try to get Dennis, but there's no pulse, and they can't get him out. So my son sits and watches the car 
continue to burn until the fire department shows up. They put him on the ambulance. They bring him to the hospital, and I get the phone call. Lauren and I are out having lunch, and they said, there's been an accident. Your son is at St. Francis. And I said, where's Dennis? And they said, we can't find him. And I'm like, can't find him. That was just, I guess, what they Mm. chose to say until I could get there Mm -hmm. and they could have the conversation with me. And I thought, I knew. I just knew. And then my next thought was, God, you gave us the greatest gift. The greatest gift. And so I'm forever grateful that, you know, I got to spend that time with him, that we were at peace. I was still his wife. And God knew. Mm -hmm. Be still meant be still. (laughs) I've got this. The battle is mine. And so... When, you know, Dennis died, they said, well, you're still married. So Dennis and I were still married when he died. So I got his pension and retirement, and I didn't have to go to work. I could stay home and take care of my kids who needed me desperately. Mm -hmm. They did. Desperately. Um, Zach was in the sixth grade at the time. He did not go back to school the entire year. Poor Zach. (laughs) I can't even fathom his emotions. I know. And his... Replaying in his mind, I'm sure it's yeah. just. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It's okay. We're you know God is God as He is a yeah. husband and a father to the fatherless. And mm-hmm. sometimes my prayer is God, you say you're a father to the fatherless. I need you to show up like Dad today. Right. And He does. I mean, He shows up like Dad, and He brings peace and comfort to my kids when they're struggling. Um, they've gone through some tough times as far as trusting God. Mm-hmm. You know, if God loves right. us, how did this happen? Why did Dad do what he did? You know, just all of those things, and I don't always have the answer. I just say I know that in my life, God has always had us. He's always come through. He's always been faithful. And, you know, you read the verses about God will make this trial a blessing or he'll use this for our good or different things like that, and you just realize that even though it's not good right now, God will use this for good. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a verse that's hard to wrap our minds around on this side of eternity. And I think that once we get to heaven and we see the, we're in the presence of God just right there, first of all. And we are in awe of Him. And we're amazed that He would ever have the grace to show love towards us. And He does, and forgiveness towards us, and salvation through Jesus. But to look back on the things that happened on this planet and just have a different perspective. I mean, this is a, a story filled with pain, but yet God's promises are still true even for your story that has so much pain. And Ecclesiastes 3 said, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Right. And He has set eternity in the hearts of men. Well, we cannot fathom what He's done from beginning to end. We can't fathom it right now. And it sounds impro- impossible that good could come out of this pain. It just sounds impossible, but yet anything is possible for God. Absolutely. So. I, I think the thing that for me, I went to pick up Dennis's ashes a month or so after his death. Mm-hmm. And I was coming out and it was, I was just by myself. I just thought I just need to do this by myself. And he had always wanted to be cremated, but because of the accident, that was kind of, we didn't have any other option. Right. So I went and picked those up, and I walked out to my car, and I was reminded of a verse in Isaiah, and it says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, 
the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And I realized that God wanted to give me beauty for ashes, right. literally. Mm. literally. And that's Isaiah, what, what is the reference on that? 61.3. Okay. That's amazing. I'm just so impressed with your spirit of forgiveness and finding God's direction in all of this. Because you could have been bitter. You could have been like, I've just reconciled with this man, and now you took him. But you didn't, you didn't look at it that way at all. No, I just felt like God had given us the greatest gift. It's just that reconciliation mm-hmm. and me to see his count. I just know that to be absent from this body is to be present with Christ. And so right. I knew that Dennis went directly there. Yeah, and he'd made peace with God, and he had reconciled. Yes, yes. So he was in a good place Absolutely. at that time, too. Mm-hmm. So That was, was a beautiful gift. Oh, it was the greatest. To have that. The greatest. I think the thing that makes me the saddest about the situation is that my daughter, Lauren, didn't have the opportunity to you know, share that with her dad. Zach was with them. They were in a good place, but not because of anything Lauren had done, but because of what Dennis right. had done. And it's been a difficult situation for her to, you know, mm-hmm. not not have that closure. You know, not have that closure, not have her dad tell her, you know, I'm sorry for what you've gone through. I'm sorry for what I put us through, those kinds of things. He said it to me, even yeah. about her. And wasn't there a letter? There was supposed to be a letter. Um, he told me he was writing her a letter, and he came to pick, no, he came to my house on that Friday, and I said, did you bring the letter? And he goes, oh, I forgot the letter, but I'll bring it tomorrow when I pick Zach up. So he was going to put it in his car the night before the accident. So there's <sighs> this letter that we've heard of over and over, and I know that he said that he had written it because mm-hmm. he said he forgot to bring it. So, you know, Lauren would have loved to have received that and had that. I still think it's going to show up in the right timing. Yeah. She loves her dad, and they had so many things in common. They had long conversations. They loved art. They loved deep thinking, yeah. reading, just all of those things. And so it's, it's been hard. It's been hard. It's been hard for everybody in different ways. <laughs> it's hard to see my little grandsons not know they're poppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and the things that he taught our kids about the great outdoors, about his love for hunting, fishing, all of those things, the kind of of trees, leaves, just all those things that he taught. My da- oldest daughter said, I've t- tried to teach my boys how to call the owl like dad did, you know, just things like that Aww. that he taught us all. And It's been so, about two and a half years yes. since yep. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So in these two and a half years, have you seen some healing for your kids? Or are you still yes. just hoping and waiting and, and, and praying for that? I'm, I have seen healing, but I'm also, you know, believing for just that total peace and just trust in God because they still have some questions. Sure. Have some questions and I get that. How is Zach physically? He's well, he's He's good. good. He, um, after sixth grade, he, you know, didn't go back, but in seventh grade, he went to Lincoln Christian School and was there until Christmas, and it was just a lot to go each day. He just he needed some more time at home. So we uh, withdrew him from there, and he did online school for the last mm-hmm. year and a half. And he's done well. He's on track. So <laughs> we're grateful. But he, 
yeah, I'm just believing that God has great plans for all the kids and that he's here for a reason. There's something mm-hmm. that he has that he wants Zach to do, that he wants Lauren to do, and story to tell. Lauren's a fantastic writer, so I'm mm-hmm. always trying to encourage her to write. So hearing you say all these things about the the good things going on, it just also... I would just like for you to talk about how, as a parent, have you prayed through how to help your kids? And and is there a struggle of, I just want them to believe this? Absolutely. I mean, it's like, you know, we can't preach it to our kids. We just have to believe that God is going to draw them to Him. And I, I remember probably in February of 2017, I'd woken up and got out of bed, and I came to the kitchen, and I just started writing down some of the verses that I've read throughout the process of all of this going on. And I opened my Bible to Acts 16, and it was about Paul and Silas, and they were in prison, and they were singing hymns and praying, and the prisoners were listening. Mm. And for me, it was kind of like, I don't have to preach this to my kids. I just have to live this. I just have to sing hymns, put on my praise and worship music, pray. And then there was an earthquake, and all the prisoners' chains were loosed. And I just began to believe that my kids' chains were going to be loose, chains of depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety, you know, different things that they were afraid of. And there was another verse in Luke 24, 35, and it's talking about Jesus walking down the path with two people after he'd been resurrected, and they didn't recognize Jesus. But as they walked, they were telling Jesus about Jesus. You know, they were right, like, right. <laughs> we thought he was the Savior. We thought all this, these great things were going to come of it. But it wasn't until Jesus went to their home that it said in verse 35, Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. So Jesus was with them the entire time, but until Jesus broke the bread, they didn't recognize that. I know that story has always been interesting to me. It's fascinating. Like, hey, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> He's like, okay, go tell me about this guy. It's, it's amazing. And I also think that just declaring God's word, his promises are true. And in Joshua 24, 15, it says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, we are going to regardless. And I just have to just believe that God is going to bring it all together and he's going to reveal himself to my children on their roads, right, mm-hmm. and it's okay that he's going to be with us wherever we go. Yeah. So where is Lauren now? She finished high school a semester early and went to TCC and got a couple classes. We've decided that we're going to stay at TCC and mm-hmm. do the Tulsa Achieves. I said, we can do this. This is free school. This is great. And then Zach right now is still doing Epic Charter mm-hmm. School Online. My older two daughters are married, and things are good with them. I feel like our family's just being restored, and there are beauty for ashes mm, in yes. our lives. And it's these new babies that are coming along, you know, my new son-in-laws that have come into the picture. I mean, I'm surrounded by amazing people, and mm-hmm. I'm grateful. What a blessing. Yes. Um, I was wondering if you'd be willing to share what were the circumstances that day, that terrible day of the head-on collision Another driver crossed the center line. What happened? Yes. uh, A 17-year-old boy crossed the center line and hit Dennis head-on and Zach. um, And he was injured, but he did survive. Later, the state was going to try to press charges against him. And I just, you know, we shared our feelings about that. And I said, you know, I'm a mother of four kids. 
and I just cannot imagine pressing charges against a 17-year-old who made a mistake. Yes, it was a horrible mistake, but he's, you know, it's just not worth it. So he ended up getting a deferred sentence and will not serve time. But there was a possibility that he could have, and I couldn't even imagine that. That is so gracious of you, though. It really moves me. Well, that What an example. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you could you could bring that day back and to press charges and, and have that 17-year-old spend years and years and years in prison isn't going to change that day. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's an amazing example of grace that you didn't well, press charges. You. Thank you. I just feel like that's the grace God shows us. And right. I always remember, you know, but by grace, there go I. Sure. You know? Yeah. Right. And so I think loving people where they're at and, you know, that's the greatest commandment is loving God and loving people. And that's what I want to spend the rest of my life right. doing. And how were your right. kids with that? They're good. They're I mean, good. were they okay with you not yeah, pressing charges? Absolutely. They were good with no it. one wanted that to happen. I mean, no one wanted that to happen. So I was grateful that they chose not to. Tell us about the Facebook post that your daughter Ashton wrote. I'd really like to hear about that. Well, the day of the day after his accident, she went to Facebook and she just said, yesterday the enemy thought he'd won. He had a plan to end a life and shake the faith of those left behind. But my God is always one step ahead. The past few years for our family haven't been easy. Relationships have been tried, tested, and strained, but they were being rebuilt. God's grace and plan for restoration and healing have never been more clear or evident than over the last several weeks. My dad was my hero. Oh. I will never forget hearing him apologize to me. He said he'd felt that if he'd, that he'd let me down as if because of the injury, I hadn't experienced the kind of life other children did with their fathers who were healthy and whole. He could not have been more wrong. His strength, resilience, and selfishness made for a childhood I will never forget. Mm. So my kids amaze me. Mm. Every one of them has such strength, and they're amazing, and I'm grateful You know, that's the whole point of our marriage was to produce godly offspring. Mm -hmm. And we have. And, you know, that legacy lives on. And the things that he taught them young live on. Uh, One thing that is really apparent in this conversation that listeners, I'm sure, are taking note of, I just want to recognize how the Word of God has woven through every day of your story, that you have found the the strength in God's scriptures and that you have memorized them, that you have been meditating on them and that you're standing on the promises of God. It's a reminder to me, to all of us, that the most valuable resource we have on earth that God has given us is the Word of God. Absolutely. That we need Every day we need to be in the Word and we need to be memorizing it and putting it in our hearts. We never know when our October 15th might be coming. We never know. And you've stayed so close to Him that those verses have come to you or you've had your quiet time in a specific scripture Mm -hmm. right when you needed it. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, He talks about when we seek, we will find. We take the time to be still. <laughs> I always go back to be still, and a lot of people have trouble being still. I do. Oh, yeah. You I know, have like, text. Right. How do I make this happen? How I do I make that happen? Sometimes that verse, I'm like, I don't like that verse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But it is in those times when we hear his voice and, and, or we're drawn, you know, a friend will share something, a scripture, a word, we'll get confirmation from, or we'll open the Bible and read a verse that speaks to us, or we'll turn on a sermon and something will just stick out and it'll be like, wow, right. I needed to hear that today. That's how we all hear the Lord speak. Everyone can hear him speak. Mm-hmm. But we, are we if listening? If we are still and we listen. Yes. Right. Yeah. So is there anything, last things you want to share? Um, well, the other, only other thing that I, other verse that I read talks about, do not dwell in the past. See, mm-hmm. I'm doing a new thing. Yeah. And I'm like, yes. okay, can I visit it every now and then? <laughs> I won't get right. stuck there. And I even told sure. my kids, I said, we're not victims. We're victorious. Right. We're not going to be victims. We're not going to get stuck here. We're going to keep moving forward. Dad would want that for us. We're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Mm-hmm. He's cheering us on. Yeah. And I believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Are there any um, particular sermon series or podcasts or books that you would like to recommend to listeners that gave you strength or any I know you've you've already given us huge resources of scripture that we will list in our show notes um you know such as Isaiah 58 etc but are there any things that you any books that helped you any um preachers that you listen to that have given you a lot of insight or on a regular basis, daily, I listen to T.D. Jakes at the Potter's House. Yeah. Dennis and I even were sharing some of those messages right before his death, and it was really, it was neat to be able to share those, talk mm-hmm. about them. I've read his book, Destiny, and he talks about Martin Luther King's widow, and he said, you know, he asked her something about remarrying or different something, and she said, I was called to be his wife talking about, you know, right. Martin Luther King's widow said, I was called to be his wife. I believe that I was called to be Dennis's wife. Mm. And it's it's sweet and it's precious. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know what the future looks like, but I know that we'll make it. I know that God has us. He's always had us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's exciting and scary. <laughs> you know, it's, it is. It's exciting, but it's also intimidating at Have times. Have you thought about writing a book? I have. I've had a lot of people ask, and I, I, I believe that I'm supposed to. I have a title. I just don't know what that looks like or when. Mm-hmm. But his was Rise and Walk. I feel like mine would be Stand. That's oh, beautiful. Wow. That's be- Again, I'm getting chills. Me too. Oh. When you've I, done all you can do to stand, you stand firm. You stand. Mm-hmm. And you just keep Rise and walk standing. and stand firm. You have such a powerful story to share that God's kingdom can be built even more with more glory brought to him if Thank you share you. it. So that reminds I mean, me of something he showed me during this process. I can remember that my kids had gone to their dads, and I just was spending time with God on my face on the ground, listening to Lauren Daigle's Once and for All. Mm-hmm. And it talks about, you know, our kingdom and different things like that. And I realized I was building my kingdom, my marriage, my family. We've mm-hmm. been married this many years. I have these great kids. And what I realized was it's not about me. It's not about me building my kingdom. It's about building the kingdom of God. And I told God right then and there, I'll do whatever that looks like. I want to build your kingdom. And so here mm-hmm. I am still trying to do that. <laughs> well, this yeah. may be a step that he's opening up this door for you to it. share tonight. And every person listening to this podcast, 
we we hope that you are just drinking this up and that you're encouraged and that you are being reminded that God is for you and that the Word of God is your sword of the Spirit. So we are just glad you're listening, and we're so, so thankful for Angela Bird sharing this amazing testimony with us. Yes. I know. I was like, we have to get her on the podcast because she's got a story. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful to know you, to have met you, and I am ready to share my story. Wow. We appreciate you coming. Thank you. Thank you. So, oh my goodness. Listeners, I hope that you felt like Jill and I did today, that this was a really powerful, life-changing testimony that we got to hear today. Something that really struck me that Angela shared, um, she said that one of the verses that gave her strength was in Isaiah 43, and it's verses 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. I feel like that hope is so apparent today as we listen to her story. Also, Isaiah 61.3 says to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. So, and I, I think you can hear that all through, weaved all throughout her story, that God is turning, turning all of these ashes into beauty. And I am convicted myself of how much she's in the Word and how much she, she was able to just call up those things because she'd memorized them and she was in the Word. That it's so important that we stay there because, we're, because circumstances will happen where we're going to need those things to just show up. And she's mm-hmm. done the work so that when those things happen, they show up. Mm-hmm. So everybody, thanks for listening today. And we hope that you will rate and review our show and that you'll be a subscriber so you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.